foot enthusiasts, minimal footwear lovers, or anyone trying to fix your own feet, I'm heading to North Carolina this May to lead a live, in-person, three-day retreat all about feet. I'm going to be at the Art of Living Retreat Center, which is up in the mountains of North Carolina. It's so beautiful there. And are you ready to hear what I'm calling it? The retreat is called Healing Your Soul, a stepwise approach to building forever functional feet. That's so good, right? If you want to learn all about how to take care of the muscles, bones, joints, fascia, and nerves of the feet, and learn how strong feet and ankles relate to sustainable hips and knees, this event is for you. In addition to the classroom and movement time with me, you're on retreat. So there's delicious meals, a nature-rich campus that you can explore on foot, and plenty of time for rest and relaxation, all included. A retreat is a perfect way to care for yourself in the moment, but also in the future. You are coming to learn a massive toolkit of information. So whether you're a competitive runner, a dynamic ager, or a healthcare practitioner, this is a weekend full of movement for you and your feet. And like I said, you're gonna leave with a toolkit and a big swag bag that you can use to train your feet for life. For more information about the movement sessions, the food, the center, head to my website, nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. That's nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. This is Katie B, and you are about to listen to an early episode of my podcast. Now the show is called The Move Your DNA Podcast, and you can find all episode transcripts and the show notes to this episode at nutritiousmovement.com slash podcast. Enjoy. You're listening to Katie Says, the podcast that helps you become aligned and well. Join us for conversations with Katie Bowman, biomechanist, creator, and director of the Restorative Exercise Institute, author, teacher, blogger, mother, and total body nerd. Understand the mechanical causes of modern ailments, learn how to fix them, and restore yourself to a more functional state of natural human movement. We hope you find the general information on biomechanics, movement, and alignment informative and helpful, but it is not intended to replace medical advice and shouldn't be used as such. And now, your host, Danny Hammett. Thanks for listening. I'm Danny Hammett. Today, we're talking with Katie Bowman. How are you doing today, Katie? I am doing great. How are you? I'm pretty good. It's hot here, so I'm hot. Did you get to do something cool this weekend? Yes, actually, you know what I did this weekend is um, for the I'm on I'm on a board I'm on the board for an all outdoor nature preschool and this was our first fundraiser I'm in charge of uh, fundraising. Did you say and fundraising or fundraising? A little bit of both, <laughs> and it was our first fundraiser and it was an idea that I've had for years and never knew how I was going to do and I used it for this event and it was an old timey picnic basket auction oh old timey yes you know like from the movie oklahoma you know like yeah everyone and so people would just make these they made these gorgeous they actually make pack picnics for two with 
with all the utensils and, and all the picnic baskets were themed. Some were all raw, some were all paleo, some were all local and organic. There was one that was wild foraged food. Uh, like I did actual cowboy food. So mine had um, like steak salads, like in mason jars. Everything was like these beautiful steak salads packed in mason jars and cowboy caviar, which is a, a bunch of little tiny chopped up, you know, beans and avocado and cilantro and tomato. And I made frozen s'mores. Like it just goes on and on. And I packed it in an old wooden box. And so we had 30 of them and then people bid on them like at an auction. And it was on a lavender farm here and people could sit back and have a beer or a glass of wine out, you know, until 10 o'clock, the sun's not even down on a 75 degree day at a lavender farm while watching the community just like hang out and break bread. It was amazing. Wow, you you totally did something cool this weekend. What did you do? Uh, I swam in a lake. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. Until I remember, yeah, we were talking about it. You swam in a lake until your legs were numb or what did you say? Yes, I did. I swam until, until somebody gave me, you know, the, the, the danger signal in my head, like, okay, you're tired now. You have to go back to shore. So, but it was, it was fun because I'm not a big fan. I like water, but I don't like swimming pools with all the chlorine. I just can't breathe. And it kind of, it's funky. And And even though this lake is not clear and pristine, it was a lake. And so I just swam and splashed and I'm not a lap swimmer. And I just like to goof around and tread water and go underwater. So it was super fun. Yeah, that sounds actually wonderful. I love was, swimming and I love good. swimming in water. Yes. Natural water, natural water. <laughs> yeah. Swimming in water is, as opposed to swimming in the ball pit at land Ikea. Swimming, Don't do that. Like, yeah, land swimming just really leaves a lot to be desired. <laughs> yeah, you go to a park bench and practice your crawl um, stroke. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay, it's time for the question of the day. Are you ready? Do it. If you were to perform in the circus, what would you do? Uh, stilt walker. Really? Totally wouldn't have pegged you for that. Yeah. Um, you know, we used to have make a circus camp and actually that just reminds me of another good fundraiser. That would be a great fundraiser. But anyway, circus camp used to come to my hometown again, another little farm town where I grew up. And for one week you would pick your thing at the beginning and you would train in it all week. And then at the end, your parents would come watch you perform. And I am an excellent stilt walker still to this day. Wow. I, I would have pegged you for trapeze artists just because of all the hanging that you've taught us to do, but stilt walking. I've done trapeze. I did, you know, I went to trapeze school yes. and I did my, my leaps and my jumps and I like that, but I'm not naturally really comfortable with heights. I wouldn't like, it's not a problem for me to do, but there was so much adrenaline dumping when I went to trapeze school. And I think I would also enjoy tight rope walking, um, but still walking. I just busted out some stilts the other day, they're at a garage sale, and I got up and walked around, and my husband's mouth is hanging open. It's like, just, you learn something about someone every day. Yeah, Who knew like, that you could do stilts? I knew I married her for a good reason. That's right. And here he thought it was because I was a clown. Yeah. Who can make steak salad in a jar. That's right. What about you? What would I do? I probably wouldn't. I Believe it or not, you're not going to believe this. I wouldn't perform. Um, I don't believe that. Yeah, I know you day. don't. <laughs> I don't even believe that. I think you're lying to me. What, I, would you I wouldn't. I, no, I would be like the janitor skulking around by the elephants, slipping them bananas and and like kind of slowly cutting the shackles off their ankles so that nobody would notice. Uh, I, I just, I couldn't do it. I Wow, you, that, you, that, you turned that into a downer. That oh, was a well. question and now I'm actually sad. Oh, just break out the stilts and everything's going like, to be okay. Do you remember that show Carnival on HBO? It oh. was really kind of creepy. That was kind of out there. That was it was weird. out there. Yeah. 
But yeah, we also, actually quit watching it because we got bummed out. Yeah, it's totally thing. a downer. That's how I felt like right now. I went from like from circus to carnival. Okay, but, so really, I would be out there with my head in a lion's mouth. Is that better? I could see it was a lion tamer, like in boots, like heeled boots and like a whip and a tall, shiny hat and some. You have great flaming red hair, and I love it. So I'm going to, in my mind, I'm going to make this whole thing better by putting you in charge of. But that's a kind of a downer, too. Who wants to see lions in a cage? Let's but, just, but they're going to be free, and I don't whip them. I just say, nice kitty, and they come to me, and we have a good time. So it's a new circus. And we didn't even think about Cirque du Soleil. That's a whole thing. We could, why did we even have to put animals in there? That was just my own version of a circus. Yeah, there was no... Um, okay, well, I have a way to cheer you up. Do it. Okay, I wrote a little rap for you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you can beatbox. Well, actually, don't, because it's just... Yeah. <laughs> But that's going to mess up the sound, so... Yeah, and it kind of sounds like we're just farting together. So let us let me just do the rap, okay? Are you ready? Yes. All right. I like big butts and I cannot lie. You, Katie Bowman, can't deny that when a butt walks in and it's tucked in flat, I wonder where that butt is at. Yo! That's all I have. Wow. I think that you have a whole new job in the circus. You made a circus rapper. Doing the silly, the silly one-line rap. Where have all the butts gone? That is the question. Mm-hmm. It's like a Mariah Carey song. Where have all the butts gone? Are our butts evolving off? Are they sliding off? What's up? Well, I would say that, I mean, it depends on, when I'm talking about butt, we say butt, but we really mean butt muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, we, need, we, mean, we mean the mass on the backside that can perform work. That's what we're talking about with butt, about butts. That's what, that's what I'm always talking about when I use yep. butt. There's lots of lovely buttocks out there, but I'm looking for, I'm looking for butts that go with pain-free SI joints and a well-functioning pelvic floor and fluid and dynamic hips. So that's what I mean by, by butt, optimal butt. So we just don't, we don't really use our hips anymore, are we? we? We've spent so much time not using them. And since you adapt to what you do, there's no point in maintaining muscle mass for motions that you haven't used in decades. So when you say with. we don't use our hips, I'm sure everybody's thinking, you bet I use my hips. Well, I think that a lot of people think they're using their hips because they see their legs moving relative to the ground. But most of the motion of the leg the full long leg moving to the ground is either happening at the spine or at the knee. And, and you might have a little bit at the hip, but the amount that should be at the hip and the amount that should be at the knee and the lumbar spine is all messed up. You've got too much above and below and not enough at the hip itself. Hmm. So what are some problems associated with that missing mass or not using, aside from SI joint pain? Well, I mean, the butt muscle, your butt muscle is there to stabilize, um, it, your butt muscle is there to stabilize the, uh, the sacrum, which in turn, the sacrum's job is to provide a solid structure for which your pelvic floor to work against. Um, your butt muscles are also there to assist the holding up of the weight of your body on one leg as you move the other leg to take a step forward. And the butt muscle is also there to assist in the moving forward of the body over the leg that's on the ground. All of that is happening at the same time with every single step that you take when you're walking. So it's not, even though I just listed four different functions of the butt muscles, they're not four separate 
separately occurring functions. They're all happening at the same time. But there's two, there's a twofold problem. One, we don't walk very much, certainly not at the level with which we should be walking. And the other problem is not only are we not walking, we're sitting most of the time that really should be filled with all sorts of other different movements, including walking. Um, and since we haven't done that, and since we've had a high frequency of just sitting, our tissues have adapted to the just sitting so that even when you do go for a walk, that walk is bringing with it basically what I like to call the chair baggage. So that walk, it's not like when your tissue or your structure has adapted, it doesn't automatically undo once you start walking. So because you've spent most of your time sitting, it means that your walking is not really your natural walk. It's your walk based on your adaptation to sitting. And so now, when you go for a walk, you have to still locomote your body over the ground so that you use excessive knee and lumbar spine. And, and there's all, all sorts of other coping mechanisms that still get you forward without very much of this hip extension happening. And this loaded hip extension phase of walking is when all of those you know, delicious butt functions are happening at the same time, which in turn... Ends up, yeah. uh, you delicious, delicious butt. <laughs> yeah. Well, you started it with your creepy carnival. Oh, man. so yeah. Go forward. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah. So um, I'm trying to think of. I just was watching. I was watching a nature show the other day, and I, for the life of me, can't remember what it was. But the gist of it was where the animal. By just doing its job, man, this would be such a better example if I could remember the animal or the thing that I was talking about. But in general, the animal that was busy, oh, it was bees. Um, it was in, in a great documentary about like where have all the bees gone, which everyone, every human being should, you know, be forced to watch in a clockwork orange style. I agree. Um, but the honey bee, as it's moving from flower to flower, it's work that it's doing is just gathering nectar. It's only through the, the structure of the bee that pollination is happening because the flying itself is creating a static charge that once the bee gets into the flower, once the bee has flown to the flower, it's primed for attracting that pollen to it. And then it also has the hairs. It has a very specific structure. If it was, if it had the body of an an ant, it would not have a location to hold those molecules or those particles of pollen. So the fact that it's hairy and the fact that it it flies that hairy body over as it's doing something else that it's doing is what creates pollination. It's not like the bee is going around with its job to pollinate. We, we say that it's its job to pollinate, but it's just busy getting its food. But, the, but by it doing its foraging, pollination is the byproduct so in the same way our byproduct of foraging walking around a lot to get what we need and using our body in lots of different um, positions the byproduct is this butt muscle that also stabilizes the pelvic floor that also keeps up hips that have lots of mobility that also doesn't over articulate the knees and the spine thus creating problematic movement so we don't think about ourselves as really animals with biological imperatives, we think of ourselves as something different. So then we go to the gym or we're like, 
okay, I know that I have to build a strong butt. So you're trying to do like four isolated planes of motion and you're trying to do your exercises to get your pelvic floor strong and you're trying to do your hip stretches to get your hips stretched and and we've broken it all down. And that would be like the equivalent of a bee just like standing in place and flying its wings really fast, trying to develop some sort of static charge and then it trying to uh, separate the hairs on its back to make sure that it was extra hairy because the whole organic process of a byproduct that comes from just being in nature, just living and surviving in nature is gone. And it's not really gone. We just choose not to do it. Wow. That really presents a ridiculous picture to think of a bee in that way. And I just love that you said animals with biological imperatives. That's what we are. We just we don't think that way anymore. But it's true. Yeah. Wow. That just makes me want to curl up and think about it for a little bit. Actually, right now, let's take a stretch break because let's that would do something for our hips. Well, okay. So if everyone stands up, and if you're out on a walk, just stop for a second, and you're going to bend your left leg up so that you can grab your ankle. And if you don't have a lot of balance, you can hold on to something. So bend it behind us. Yeah, bend it behind you, kind okay. of like with like a runner stretch, right? You know, your traditional kind of runner's stretch. But I want you to. Put it back down and I want you to do it again. But as you do it again, I want you to notice how you have to compensate for the lack of bend that you have in your knee, meaning the lack of of yield or give that you have down the front of your thigh. So there's a few different ways you're going to compensate. One is you had to kick your leg up really fast, right? You know, you fling your leg into your hand. The other one is you have to um, move your knees way away from each other. You have to bring that, as you bend the knee behind you, you have to bring the leg way out to the side to be able to get it. Or maybe you have to bring your knee up towards your, your face in order to reach it. All of those things are very subtle, what I call the smoke and mirrors way that you have to move around tensions that are in fact preventing joints from moving. But because we can move some other part really on the sly, we become, our immobilities become invisible to us. Cause it's like, what, I grabbed my leg. It's like, yes, but I'm asking you to grab it in a very specific way that measures a very specific yield that you may or may not have. So do that. And with that, you become more aware of the tension that you have in the front of the leg. And then you can try that on the other side. So it's just a regular old stretch, but the stretch isn't really what we're after. We're after the evaluation of how much yield you have in the front of that thigh and how much do you have to fake it to make it and at what cost. Oh, that's really eye-opening. I thought I just had tiny T-Rex arms, but I just have a lot of tension in the front. Yeah. Hmm. Man, this whole show's a downer. This whole show should just be called Carnival. <laughs> But you, but you said delicious butt, and that was really uplifting oh, and hilarious. Delicious butt function. Oh, yeah. Come it's on, that was funny. Butt. That was good stuff. I bet you if you call it delicious butt function, it'll be way more popular of a podcast than if you call it the big old downer. The, the big old bummer show. <laughs> it is a bum different. show. It's a bum show. It's a bum talking, show. It's a big bum show. Talking about the bums. All right, then. There's a lot of words for, for butt. There are a lot of words. Them when you're doing your rap? Um, <laughs> yeah. That's the, the, the rap is, it could have been longer. It really, maybe I should just do a whole Weird Al thing um, with the butt song. You know how there's a dictionary and there's a, a thesaurus? Are there books that just have, 
like lists of rhyming words? Yes, um, it's called a rhyming dictionary. I actually, I have knew one. you would know that. I knew yeah. you would know that. Yeah, I own one. Um, oh, so so rappers all over <laughs> and poets, I'm sure, have these yeah. rhyming dictionaries. Or you could just put "izzle" on the end of anything, and it'll rhyme. But oh, um, so. yeah, rhyming dictionaries are fun to look through. Just so fun. I think there's even some resources online if a person doesn't want to go out and buy one. If or go out at all. Or if you don't want to go all. out at all, all you need is a computer. <laughs> there, there's that bummer show again. Let's stop it. Um, so I just uh, are we done? Are we done stretching? Just a little evaluation. Back okay. To the yeah. Okay. Well, for years I thought I had a really strong butt, and it turns out I just had a really tight butt. And I, I don't know if many folks know the difference between a really tight gluteal situation and a strong functional gluteal situation. In fact, I used to actively clench my rear thinking I'm making these muscles stronger. Yeah, we talked about this. Didn't we talk about this before? I don't know if we talked about, you know, we did talk about this in a different, uh, I think one of our first shows. In a different podcast. Yeah, I remember this. I remember you bringing this up again. So you can still ask it. Well, that's the kind of the question is just like, how do you determine if you're one of those people that think you have a very strong butt? What's a good evaluation for that? Well, I don't think you're necessarily, I mean, you are after a strong butt, but, but I think like, you know, like most of my evaluations have more, like strength isn't the end all that we're really after. Well, let's say functional. Well, but yes, so functional and functional like a good indication of a functional butt would be really great knees, a low back, and a pelvic floor. So if you're experiencing really any issues in that like local region, then I would say that that would be an indicator of a butt that's not doing its job. But it's never anything about one body part not doing its job. It just means that there's something awry in the system. I don't think we can really pull out a, a part in, okay. in particular. However, um, I think something that would be helpful in the tight butt, strong butt diagnostics would be if you lay down, and this is in the move your DNA, if you lay down face down so that you're prone and you keep your pubic bone touching the floor, I ask people to lift their leg up off of the ground, just one at a time, not by arching the back, but by extending the hip. So that's why I have the pubic bone stay down, because if you lift your leg in most people, the back tends to arch, the whole pelvis tilt. And and in that way, you're not really using the hip joint at all. You're moving slightly north to the top of your um, pelvis at the lumbar spine, and you're using your spinal extensors because you don't have the hip mobility to do so. So you'd want to keep your pubic bone down and see how much hip extension you would you would get with ease. And so that's that's the critical marker because a lot of people can keep their pubic bone down by really over flexing their abdomen, meaning like you would use your stomach muscles to almost tuck your pelvis into the ground as you would lift your leg. And ideally the butt and the hamstring muscles would be lifting the weight of your leg, if that makes sense. Right. So so if you're just you ideally want to lift the weight of your leg when you have a lot of tension in the front of your body, meaning the muscles that are trying to pull your leg out in front of you into flexion, you can still get the look of hip extension. But now the butt and the hamstring have to work not only to lift the weight of the leg, but the weight of the leg plus the resistance 
pulling it in the other direction. Does that make sense? It does. So, it does. So, so you are doing more than what is natural with your butt muscles. And at the same time, you are using the muscles on the front to stabilize. So you've, you've got the look, you've hit the markers, but you didn't match the forces that I wanted you to be after. And with alignment, remember, it's all about forces. So the key is to be able to lift your leg at the hip without doing any of those other things, that you have the strength and the mobility at the same time to get that leg to come in the air. So someone like yourself who has a really tight set of buns, what you might be doing is you could have a posterior push-up as you're walking, but you are having to generate more force than what is necessary. So the resting tension in your butt is higher than what it should be. And that's no good for your structure either. Too little or too much tension is not good for a structure. Actually, I no longer have a tight rear. Um, okay. It's But it's, it took about a year, maybe two years of really focusing on. And, and my butt has actually gotten bigger and rounder since I quit clenching it and just use it in walking. So that's been kind of cool because... I like it would help if we had pictures. Do you have any pictures that you want to (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think that would kind of mess up our rating on iTunes uh, for a clean rating. You may not know this. I don't know if you've ever been to Montana or or even a place that has a large cowboy boot wearing population. Just Texas. Okay. I spent a lot of time in Texas as a kid. Okay. Um, There's a real thing of flat butts or non-existent butts with cowboys out here find that very interesting is it the is it the boot is it because they ride horses but you can sit on a horse not in with a tucked under pelvis you can't just look at what the pelvis is doing on when you're riding a horse like they ride horses doesn't just mean that the saddle is flattening out the butt it has to do with your most frequented load whether it be you're not walking like even if you sat on a horse all the time in neutral pelvis that doesn't give you a butt Do you think it's the boots? I think it's the boots. The amount and the way that you walk as created by the boots. And then it's also the amount of time that you're not walking. I I don't think it's any one thing. And I also don't think that any one thing is not connected to every other thing. They're all connected. They're all catalysts for a, a kind of a cycle of movement that ends up changing your structure. It's good to think that way. I'm working on it. I still kind of like to pull things out and, and just focus on one one bandit in the striped shirt in the corner. But it's eventually I'll, I'll learn to, to see it in a more connected way. Yeah, you will. And I think it's time, too, for an eye break. Everybody, do your eye break. We'll just wait for you. Go to a window. Go to the back door. Open up the sliding doors of the office and focus on something far away. Or maybe they're already outside listening to this walking instead of like us mm-hmm. sitting inside. Well, find a mountain, find a treetop, find an eagle, a squirrel. Pretend you need that squirrel to live. <laughs> you got to see that squirrel. I'm just inside, but I, I look way out and there's the tip of the farthest tree I can see. And even that helps. Okay, one more quick question. What are some good ways to build functional butt? Walking, squatting doing your exercises to mobilize those areas and then walking and squatting again, sitting on the floor, not sitting in a chair, not wearing positive heeled shoes would be my first to-do list. Pretty good size to-do list. It is, but it's also, you know, putting on a different pair of shoes in the morning is not something to do. It doesn't have to go on the to-do list. You're going to put shoes on anyway. You're already sitting there, so choosing to sit on the floor doesn't take any more of your time. So while it sounds like a lot of steps, it's really pretty easy to do. 
It's all about the choices. It's all about the choices. All about the choices. And the stilts. Stilt walking. Build some serious buns doing some did, stilt did walking. Did you buy the stilts? I didn't. Hmm. That would have been cool. Maybe I'll get some for Christmas. I, You know, I, I think stilts are fun, and I like maintaining that skill. But, you know, like my movement time is is precious to me. And I think if, if I have a little time, I'd like to go out for a walk. And I got so many toys. I got the slack line and I got the TRX strap and I'm always working on these crazy mm. different things. I don't need any more. I can always make stilts out of some plywood if I need to. I got a really good slack line story. Okay. Hit me quick. So I, I got a slack line last year, but right in the winter, so I couldn't put it out. So this spring, the kids and I took it out to a park, found some great trees and everything, set it up. Well, I didn't read the instructions very well on the ratchet part of setting it up. So I ratcheted it backward. So we spent like two hours playing on the slack line, having fun, you know, falling over, laughing, learning, building skills. And then it was time to go. And I go to undo the ratchet part and it had 15 feet of webbing stuck underneath the ratchet. So it took my son with his strong little hands and me holding as much slack and line as I could an hour and a half to undo my brand new slack line from the, the city park tree. So mind your instructions when you set your slack lines up, everybody. <laughs> and bring somebody with nimble, strong fingers if, if you don't. They say cut your losses. That's what they mean. They just say, like, just cut it down and go home. That that was actually, the well, first thought was, well, I'll just, I had gotten it on clearance. But it was still like 40 or 50 bucks. And so I, I'll cut it. And just forget about it. But then I thought, well, I only have like a six foot slack line, and that's yeah. no fun. And it's gonna and, take a long time to grow two trees that close together, right? To right. And then I thought, well, I'll just leave it for the city, for the people. You know, so we have like forty eight parks here. It's amazing. I just thought, well, I'll just leave it as kind of a park fixture. And I thought, no, the first time they ride through on their they're riding more, some poor guy's gonna clothesline himself or whatever on the slack line. So anyway, and now I'm afraid to set it up again. Is yours um, permanent? No, it's just a ratchet and some canvas. Yeah, but you leave it up all the time. Is it oh, like in your yard? Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. you can take it down and move it around. But yeah, it's it's up there in the rain and and whatnot. We I think at the beginning of the spring we moved it over the creek as extra incentive. Ooh, good idea. Yeah, good idea. and put a rope, a top lead rope, so that the littles could go over it as much as they wanted without parent support, so they can you know get their own get their own skills and all the nieces and nephews come over and it's pretty awesome. That's a really good idea. Yeah. To have that lead rope. Cool. All right. So what are you going to be up to for the rest of your day? Well, believe it or not, I have another podcast to do where I'm a guest. I mean, I guess I'm a guest on this one too, but this one's my own. I'm going to yeah, be it's yours. a guest on uh, someone else's podcast and just the, the book Move your DNA is at the printers and working on new websites. It's kind of a it's kind of a work day today, but and people can pre order that, correct? Go to move your DNA, moveyourdna.com. and you're throwing in an ebook, right? If they order before a certain free, time, yeah, free ebook uh, for ordering before it comes out, which is uh, I think the I think the pre order will go through August fifteenth. So Ooh. I'm not sure when this will air. This might air before or after, but. We can only hope. All right. Well, thanks for talking with me today. Chin up. Don't let don't let my visions bump bum you out too much. <laughs> no, actually, this was a, this was great. I was just, it was more of a joke. I yeah. feel I feel excellent. Excellent. I'm not down at all. In fact, your rap. I'm just going to go back and listen to your rap a couple times. Yeah, I'll I'll try and lengthen it for you, and and maybe I can put it on YouTube or something. That sounds good. All right. Well, have a good rest of your day. All right. You too, Danny. Thanks. Bye bye.
Bye. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit Katie Bowman's edutaining blog, katiesays.com. For books, online classes, downloads, and continuing educational courses with Katie, visit the Restorative Exercise Institute at restorativeexercise.com. Her most anticipated book, Move Your DNA, will be available in September 2014. You can learn more about Danny Hemet at moveyourbodybetter.com and dannyhemet.com.